Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica, and all of our staff and pastors. We're so glad that you're with us today, especially you're here with us for the very first time. If you're a guest with us for the first time, maybe you're in person or you're watching online. We have many new guests uh, that are coming every single week, and so we're so glad that you're with us. I always encourage our guests to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. Here's why I know when you go to a new place, you don't always get the best experience from the first experience. My hope is that you would not just come and find a church. Look, honestly, there's a lot of better preachers out there. There's a lot probably better church experiences, but we, we want to provide a great church family. That's really our goal. Our goal is to provide community. How many of y'all know that, honestly, the best thing that we all could use right now in the season, especially coming off a pretty wild year in 2020, coming into 2021, we need community. You need people around you. And, and I just realized uh, just over my lifetime how important it is for me to not just get to where I'm supposed to get to I don't get there alone and so hopefully you encourage get involved get connected as best you can here at rise if you are watching online will you do me a favor like comment share just be a part of our online community it'll help us get the message of Jesus out today today we are in the middle of a series called you asked for it and the reason we're doing this series is because well you guessed it you asked for it and so we wanted to talk about really some of the questions that have come into our church we actually gave out a, a card to put your question on during Easter and you turn those in we did it through QR codes you emailed them in you text them in. If you have a question right now, you can still do that. You can go online to our website. Uh, it's very mobile friendly. You can put in a question and see if it'll get answered by me uh, or one of our staff uh, soon, and it'll be just good for us to kind of go through uh, just different questions that we have. And I just noticed, you know, I've been a pastor for almost two decades. It's been interesting to see uh, the questions that come in, um, but most of the time they're pretty similar in nature, and they all have a, a kind of a genesis and a root. So for the next several weeks, uh, we started last week, we talked about how to hear the voice of God. Because, I mean, how many of y'all know, like, there's going to come a moment or situation or time where you're going to try to figure out what do you do? You know, what, what do you do? How, what college to go to? What job to start? What should I do in my marriage? What should I do with my kids? And you look to God to get that answer. And sometimes how many of y'all don't hear him? You know, like it just happens. And so we talked about that last week. This week, we're going to open up a new question. And uh, it's not going to be a question that just, a, you know, just a little disclaimer. No, I probably will hear two or three amens today. No one likes to talk about this. And I'm not going to give you the question yet uh, before I give you my ground rules. But uh, it's okay. We're still going to talk about because it's important. So before I start, a couple of ground rules. Number one, where the Bible is clear on some of these questions, uh, I will be clear. I'm a Bible teacher. I wish I was a self-help guru. It make my job a whole lot easier, to be quite honest with you. Uh, you guys would like me. I think a friend told me one time, he said, if you want to make everybody happy, sell ice cream and so, uh, or be a self-help guru. And so I'm, I'm not that, though. I'm a Bible teacher. So some parts of the Bible where it's clear, I'm going to be clear. Where the Bible is not clear, and let me just be clear about this, there are a lot of areas that are gray, that are ambiguous, that are cultural, that are, we don't know. We, there's a debate on either side. And I've always told people this, if there's wise, godly theologians on each side of an issue that's gray in the Bible, what does that tell you? That tells you that it's debatable. And so you can find someone if you want. I've noticed this, that if you have a position on an argument in the Bible, there's someone online you'll find that will have your position on either side of the argument. And so you just got to be okay with the idea of grace and the idea that, hey, look, we might not agree on everything. And here's what's so cool about this church, at least for me, I'm the senior pastor, and I can say this. You cannot agree with me on open-handed issues and gray area, gray area things. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of an issue. If, we're, if there's debatable issues, hey, let's debate about it. You don't have to walk exactly with my opinion is. I'm going to give you my opinion, but opinions are like noses. Everybody touch your nose. Everybody, everybody in here, come on, just humor me for a minute. You got a nose, and I got a nose, and they look different. Thank God. And so it's just different. And so we'll all be a little bit different in here. Um, my ammo, uh, my answers are not to be used as ammo. That's the other thing. So this is not something you go home and you say, honey, you hear what the pastor said? And then you give them a shot of, you know, Pastor Aaron's sermon. That's not what this is designed for. Please don't put my post my stuff on web on your Facebook, social media or Twitter, Instagram. You know, you're trying to put some up there just to start a bunch of division. See, the Bible says this. Y'all need to get right. That's not what this is about. The whole point of this series is to create unification and really deeper understanding. I did not say this last week. I'm going to say this, though. This is my last kind of ground rule. Fourth one is this. Um, some questions are better answered in private. Trust me. Because here's what's funny about this series. Most people want to come up and use the influence and the platform that God has to further your agenda. So what you want me to say is what you believe to be true. Now, it could line up with the Bible, and that's not the debate. But what you want to do is you want to use your 
platform. You want to use God's influence and to further your platform. And the problem with that is, is that most questions in life, especially when they're uh, difficult questions or they're questions that have to do with relationships or people or souls, man, th- I'm telling you, th- there's nuance in it. And it's designed, some questions are designed better to have a conversation about. This is not a conversation. This is a monologue. So you wrote a letter into me with a question. I'm answering you the question, but it's still a letter. It's like why you go and look at some of Paul's letters and you're confused by some of the things that he says. You want to know why you're confused? Because you're seeing one part of the letter. He says in some of his letters, he goes, you know, I wrote you before. And you're like looking in your Bible, you're like, Where, where's 4th Corinthians at? I don't see it. Well, because it's, it wasn't that we don't have it. So you, you, you and I are going to have a different conversation today. OK, so it's going to be a little bit different. And so not all questions are better answered in public. Some things are better answered in private. And so I'm smart enough to know that, hey, some things are going to happen. That's not a cop out. That's biblical, by the way. That's the way Jesus was. So number. So those are kind of my ground rules. Today's second question, the most frequently asked question that we've had at our church and really in all of my life. Number two, outside of who, how to hear God's voice. Y'all ready? Drum roll, please. Drum roll. Anybody drum roll? Okay, awesome. Number two is this. How can I forgive someone who has hurt me and doesn't deserve it? I mean, forgiveness is a tough subject to teach about because it makes you think of the people that hurt you. Just when I said forgiveness, you, you immediately in your mind, you are able to grab a hold of something that, boom, I know exactly who you're talking about, Pastor. And um, I'm not convinced yet that I should. And what's funny about that question is, because uh, this is an actual, like, who doesn't deserve it? The funny thing about biblical forgiveness is that's, like, exactly what it means. It tends to be with the people who deserve it the least. And, and so... How do you do that? I mean, that's hard. I don't know about you guys, but like, that's really hard. And so I went to the Bible and I thought, what would Paul say about forgiveness? And how do you do that? Because just wanting to do that is one thing. And I could spend a whole season and a whole series of our church kind of giving you a, I've done a series on forgiveness. Like I can give you inspiration on if you should forgive. But, but I thought maybe if I could go maybe a little deeper and show you, uh, maybe give you an idea of what Paul has to say about how to forgive. And he says in Ephesians chapter 4, now he's writing from a prison, some context before we get there. He's writing from a prison. He's writing to a church at Ephesus, which is a port city, growing city, multicultural, multi-growing. It's very fast flowing. He's, he's growing. He's writing a letter to Basically, let's just say our church, okay? And he's given us an idea of exactly what, what pleases God and how we can actually walk in some of the things that God wants us to walk in. And he says this in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, verse 22, For you were taught with regard to the former way of life to put off your old self. So he's, he's reminding us that you and I have an old self before Christ. Now, I know you and I don't like looking at it because it's terrible. And let me just remind you, if you, for those of you who have given your life to Jesus, and you, maybe you've been saved since Moses, you've been saved for like 50 years, and you're like, I don't remember what my life was. I'll remind you, what you who you were you were terrible like deep encouraging thoughts from pastor Aaron today I'm sorry but before Christ we were terrible we had an old self there was this there was this part of us and there was it was an evilness in us that that really was led by by Satan and his and his demons that we 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 don't operate with God because we didn't have God and he said you have to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires it's by the way the further you are from God the more deceitful in your desires become And so he says this, he says in verse 23, to be made new. I like that in the attitude of your minds that we're going to come back to that. Remember, remember that part. Verse 24 and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Then he goes on in verse 30 to show you what that actually means. He says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed by the day of redemption. So he's saying, listen, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to explain how 31, get rid of all bitterness. That's important. Rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. And then he says in verse 32, be kind and compassionate. He's comparing and contrasting. He's saying, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, God forgave you. He's saying, listen, you have two options anytime someone hurts you or offends you. Your bitterness and your forgiveness. And he's saying, if, you're, if, if you want to walk with God, as you renew the attitude of your minds, the key here, in order to walk with forgiveness, you have to have godly thoughts about godly things. Because I don't know about you, but the world that I live in, the world that I wake up to every day, offends me constantly. I, 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 it's easy for me now. I was just the other day I was driving in my neighborhood and somebody was like, just, 
my wife was there. You know, I didn't even say this in the first sermon service, but you know, I'm driving with my family, my kids, and there's this dude just straight up, just like on my bumper, you know. And we're in the neighbor, my neighborhood, and so I'm like, "Are you serious right now?" You know. And I like, I just taught a message about not getting mad at somebody and screaming at them at, at you know when you're driving. And I'm driving, and he's on my. And no lie, he tries to go cut around me. In, in the, a neighborhood street where there's cars on the side of the road and there's kids walking, there was a guy running. He almost ran and hit a guy running on the side of the road to kind of pass me up, which made me do the most godly and holy thing that I know how to do and just slow down even more and take him off, you know? <laughs> and so I'm driving and I'm getting him more mad. I don't care. I'm like, y'all need to slow down. and tri-, You know, so then I'm like trying to access God inside of me and I'm trying to forgive. I'm trying to move on. I'm not going to be bitter. So I pull up to the part, you know, to w- the street where my mailbox is. I get, you know, my wife gets out to get the mail and I do the most godly thing that I know about again as I roll down the window and say, hey, you need to slow down. <laughs> Just so you don't point at him. You. You, you know, just so he doesn't misunderstand who I was talking to. I realized, man, I got, how many of y'all just sometimes things in life, they just remind you, you are not, you, you ain't there yet. You need help, you know. And so, um, you know, if you're trying to go to the church, if you're new here, you're like, you're trying to go to the church with the perfect pastor, you know, the frozen chosen, like, this ain't it, right? It just, we all, I saw somebody the other day, like, they were like, what's your church like? I said, well, number one, it's not my church, it's God's church. Like, let's, let's get that straight. And they said, well, what's it like? And I said, well. I thought about it for a minute. I said, well, we're all just barely saved up in there. We're just trying to make it. You know what I'm saying? We just hope we get in right before the gates close of heaven. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Anybody else? Can I get a witness? Amen. You know, we're like, if you're saved in here, you like super saved. You know, this might not be your church. All right. So I'm just, we're all holding on. So, um, but I realized like in order for us to forgive, you know, like we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta know what it is and know what it isn't. Cause it's really hard to forgive some people out there, you know, when they offend you and they hurt you. And I'm being silly about it, but honestly, there's some people in here and you know, this, there's some of you have been hurt. Some of you have been abused. Some of you, some of you have, ha- have had a relational hurt and it's been from a parent, from a family member, from a, from a coworker, from a boss. I mean, some of it, we carry some wounds and, and, and I always want to maybe give you some, some thoughts about, about forgiveness today that, that maybe come contrary to what church always teach you or what people tell you about forgiveness. And uh, I want to give you three, three uh, myths and three truths of forgiveness if I can. First one is this. Um, uh, forgiveness is not forgetting. So I'm going to do the myths for the three things that it's not. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Uh, it's not denying. It's not reconciliation. Things don't go back to the same things that they were. Because some of you in here have held off on forgiveness because you feel like if I forgive, then things will go back to the way that things need to go back to the way that things were. And it's not true. Because, I mean, some of us get wrapped up in that idea and that thought, like, I can't let them go. It's that popular culture myth, right? Culture myth that's like, yeah, well, you got to forgive and forget, right? Like, forgive and forget. Like, first of all, that ain't, that ain't biblical. I remember a story. I was talking with one of my pastors when I was in, I was in youth ministry. And he was my youth pastor. And I, I said, I came up to him and I told him a story. And I was like, man, my truck keeps getting broken into. And I'm just ticked off. I'm ticked off about it. And he goes, well, he goes, well, tell me what happened. He goes, well, you need to forgive him. You know, and I'm like, all right, you know, I'll forgive him. If I see him, I'll forgive him with my fist. You know, I like something, forgive him. <laughs> forgive him, you know. I was, I was a teenager, you know. It just, it just was what it was. And so, like, I was, so he's like, you need to forgive me. I'm like, okay. So and I, he said, well, what happened? So I said, well, look, I went to a high school meet. I was a wrestler in high school. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I mean, obviously, you can see my muscular build. Uh, you know, I just feel like, why are y'all laughing? I wasn't a joke. So, uh, so I'm like, and so, you know, I was a good, I was, you know, I was terrible as a wrestler. Can I be honest? I was terrible. Like, I didn't win anything at all, ever. And so um, I would get out there. They would pin me all the time. It was done in a minute. And so I got invited to a match. I don't know how I got on this team. They just said, you can come be a part. I'm like, I'll just serve water to the, is there a water boy in this? You know, whatever. And so I'll clean the mats. And so they were like, no, you can come. You wrestle in this weight class. And so I was kind of chunky at the time. I was like, you know, I was, they, I was talking to my mom the other day. The, the second service, y'all, I'm kind of like tired now at this point. So stuff that comes out, it just is what it is. You want to enjoy service, come to the second service. So um, I was telling my mom the other day, I was like, do you remember mom? You used to take me to, this, like, to start Mervin's. Does anybody remember Mervin's? Has anybody been to Mervin's? I don't know. Is there a Mervin's still around? I don't know. Anyway, mom calls JC Penny pennies, you know. And so so we took me into Mervin's. And I remember when I was, that was, Teenager in high school, they, we have to go to the Husky section. You ever remember the Husky section? Does anybody, do they still have the Husky section? I don't think that's culturally appropriate anymore. They'd be like, don't label me. I'm not Husky. Big bone did, you know? It's like, okay. 
So anyway, I was husky, but so they let me wrestle. I don't know how I got off in that. So they let me wrestle, and I was wrestling. I got done pinned in a moment. So I walk out of the high school, and I get out, and, and I look, and my truck's broken into. And I'm like, man, I can't believe it. I've never had it. And when you get your truck broken, come on, when your car's there, anybody ever had their car broken into? It's a violation. It's like violating. I'm like, you were in my car. I don't know who was in my car. And someone stole stuff. And I think they probably left some stuff because it was stinky. It was like, what the heck is going on? And so I was mad. I was frustrated. And so my pastor was like, well, you need to forgive him. I'm like, okay. And so, and so um, I, no, no lie, like two months later, I had to go back to another wrestling mat at that school. And so I did what I I thought I should do. I was like, I forgave him. So I'm going to pull into the same parking lot, drive to the same school. I go inside. I get pinned like regular. I come back out. And my car, literally, no lie to you, it was broken into again. And I'm like, what the heck? So I went back to my pastor. I got mad at him. I was like, look, you told me to forgive these folk. And you need to pay for my truck. <laughs> so you got to be careful what you say as a pastor. You know what I mean? Like, and he goes, what are you talking about? I said, I went back to the same place. You told me to forgive him. I forgave him. I went back. And he goes, that doesn't mean that. That's stupid. Why would you do that? Why would you go back to the place that you know is not safe? I said, because I forgave him. And when you forgive, you got to go back in a relationship with people. He goes, that's stupid. It's like the second time my pastor called me dumb. And he goes, you, you didn't read the Bible. I was like, well, what do you mean? And he says, sometimes when you forgive people, sometimes forgiving people comes with using wisdom in the future. Um, people, people have talked to me about this. They get confused with love and relationships. And so because, you know, they'll be like, well, how do I love someone who hurt me? And, and I would say, well, well the Bible's clear. Okay. The Bible's clear. You, you need to love people unconditionally without hesitation, wholeheartedly, absolutely, love people, no conditions, no restrictions, do it. That's what the Bible commands us to do, period, black and white. Only problem is we confuse that with relationship. And so love is unconditional biblically. Relationships are conditionally biblically. That you can love someone from a distance. And sometimes the wisest thing that for you to do after you've forgiven them is to love them from a distance. You don't let everybody in your life. And some of you in here have misused and misunderstood the idea of love and relationship. And you have allowed people in your life that are dangerous, that are hurtful, that are mean-spirited, that are ungodly. And you think you're doing that in the name of God that God asked you to do that. And that ain't true. Because relationships are always conditional. I'll prove it to you. You don't just let any stranger off the street come and hang out with your kid. Welcome on in. Why don't you go play with my children? Why don't you go talk to my wife? Why don't you go get them out of the freezer, my neighbor? You, know, like, you don't do any of that. Why don't you do that? Because they have not met the conditions of your family and your relationship. They don't know you. You don't know them. And until you know them, then the more, what, the more you know them, the more you can let them in. Some of us need to create a boundary in your life. Some of the reasons you're in your mess right now is because you have too many open doors into your world. And your forgiveness is on the basis simply because you let everybody in. So we got to be careful that we don't, we don't confuse it through Proverbs chapter 14. It says, one who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. Let's not be reckless with our relational moments. You need to have some conditions in your life. That doesn't mean you can't forgive them. Number two is this. Forgiveness is not enabling them. It's not enabling someone. Some can't forgive because they think it's enabling uh, the people that hurt them, which means, like, if I forgive them, they're going to do it again. I was counseling with this uh, woman one time and her husband, and she's sitting there with their, their – we were doing marriage counseling. That's why I don't do marriage counseling anymore because I just tell them, like, well, stop. <laughs> yeah, I say stuff that I just uh, – <laughs> you ever been – you ever talk to somebody who's, like, doing something stupid, and they're like, we don't know what to do, and I'm like – well, I know what to do. And they're like, well, please tell me, like, what's, what's the Bible saying? I'm like, I don't know if it's in the Bible, but just stop doing that. That's dumb. That's why I don't do marriage counseling. So just, if you call it ass for me, it ain't going to happen. So um, you don't want me. I'm telling you. You know, it's, it's like a running joke we have at our church. People call the church all the time. You know, they ask for me. Pastor Jason or Matabi, you know, our staff, they'll, they'll answer it. And they're like, well, why do you want, okay, well, do you want to talk to Pastor Aaron or do you want help? Like, that's like the question. <laughs> So I thought it had nothing to do with what I'm saying. But um, like, like at the end of the day, like, like we think if we forgive them, it's going to hurt them. And she was like, I can't forgive my husband. So I'm t- counseling. I can't forgive my husband because if I forgive him, he's just going to do it again. And I laughed a little bit in that moment. I know you're probably not supposed to laugh at, as a counselor. Again, I'm not a good one. And so I said, well, I, I, I said, well you realize whether you forgive him or not, he, he has the ability to do it again. 
So you can live in this prison that you put yourself in, or you can not, and then trust by faith that God's going to work in their life. You see what I'm saying? And because we're, 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 people of, we're people of faith. Romans chapter 1 says that. For in righteousness of God, it is revealed from faith for faith that the righteous shall live by, by faith. We don't live by fear. Fear keeps us from forgiving people. Third one is this response to an apology. Forgiveness is not a response to apology. Can I just say that? Because I think cultural teaches us that. Like, well, okay, if I get hurt, I'm going to wait for you to apologize, and then I'll forgive you. So I'm waiting. And your relationship right now based with someone right now, come on, like if we're honest, I'm not going to make you raise your hand. No one in here. Okay, now you guys. But is someone online? Um, you know, like, where are we? We are waiting righteously. When are you going to ask for, for forgiveness? When are you going to say sorry? And you kind of remind, you know how we do that? You know, we like, when we get around them, you're like, you know, you hurt me. We said, you know what I mean? Like, well, I just can't believe, you know, one day they're going to. We think, it's like, okay, we get offended, and then we get hurt. And then we got to wait for the apology, and then we forgive. The only problem with the Bible, like, if you don't like the Bible, this is not a good point for you. The only problem with the Bible is it doesn't teach us that. It actually teaches us to forgive people who don't ask for forgiveness. It's like really frustrating part of the Bible that I try to rip out of every Bible I buy. I like you know, I like scribble it out. I'm like, I don't believe in that. You know, it's for old times, new times. Don't act like you don't do that. You, you do that. We all live like that. But um, the only problem with waiting for an apology, you know what the biggest problem is? Is like, what if it's from, uh, like, what if somebody who hurt you is dead? What if, what if the person that hurt you or violated you has no name and you didn't meet, you don't even know who they were? What, what if... Uh, this is the worst. I think this is the worst. What if the person who hurt you doesn't think they're wrong? So you're going to be waiting for that apology for a while. Anybody ever told you that? Like, well, you can wait for it. I ain't giving it to you. You can wait all you want. Right? If, you, if, if, it was, if forgiveness was a response to an apology, you in some trouble. Ephesians chapter 4 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. We read that earlier. He said, like, we don't forgive people because they said sorry. We forgive people because God, in some crazy, unexplained, grace-driven decision, forgave you. Here's what's funny. God forgave you without asking. You weren't even here. And he did the greatest forgiveness moment. So forget. I, I, I think to the time when Jesus was on the cross, you know, and, and they're killing him. And he says the craziest words. He said, Father, forgive them. They're in the midst of offense to him. And he says, oh, forgive them. Oh, just. They don't even know. Like, that's, that's godly for that's what we should be doing. That's what we should be doing. So, so if that's what forgiveness isn't, then before I give you what forgiveness is, we're going to do yet another addition. You all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the hot seat. Now, if you weren't here last... Y'all missed it. Let's do it again. We're going to do... Let's go... Reverse. We're going to do another edition of... The Huts. If you were not here last week, we have decided to, uh, what were we doing? We were doing like a, like a bunch of questions basically in five minutes, basically. And so we called it the hot seat, right? Okay, the hot seat. And so what we're doing is uh, we're going to do uh, as many questions as we can. Oh, I left my Bible. Thanks, buddy. That's my son. He's awesome. You're awesome. You're amazing. Um, and so... Babe, is that Riley or Kellen? Is Kellen Riley? That's Riley. They're twins. Don't judge me. Um, and so uh, we did this edition of the hot seat, and it was pretty amazing And uh, last week. And so we were, I, I was supposed to do like 14 questions, and I got through how many? 
Three. Three. I got through three questions. And so uh, I'm going to try to do best, better better this time. Um, I w- I'm not going to lie to you. First service was, did not go well. Okay. So I just, it, it didn't go well. And so I answered some questions that were a little controversial. And so um, I went for it just because I felt like, you know, I felt like, well, if I haven't offended you yet, I'm going to go for it this time. I went for the jugular. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know. Anyway, so um, we're going to do, we're going to do the, the addition of, can we do Let's have, let's have them count to three this time. All right. Y'all say the hot seat on three. One, One two, two, three. three. We missed the, the beat. <sighs> we were, we're stressing our production people out. We're so really stressing them out today. <laughs> uh, but it's awesome. So I'm excited. So go ahead. Yes. So everybody say right. hi to Tabby. Well, hello, everyone. All right. So here's how we're going to do this hot seat. So we're going to put five minutes on the timer for Pastor to answer as many of the questions that you guys have uh, sent us over the last few weeks as he can. Um, let's hope it's more than one this I'm going to walk. I'm going to talk really fast. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to give him a little buffer time. I'm going to ask the question before you guys put the timer on the clock. Is that okay? And this is can hard to do. Can we be nice to can our you, pastor? we got to be graceful with me. We're okay? grace. You taught that a few weeks ago about Never grace, mind. so we're going to have grace. I took, All right. I took, like, garlic today, garlic and ginkoba, you know, and, like, natural oils to help my brain help today. That's amazing. Isn't that what it's called? Uh, there's Ginkoba? a question about that later. Garlic? I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> All right. Here is the question that we are going to ask. Is listening to Cardi B a sin? Timer. This was last week's question. I didn't get to. You did not get to this last I week. I thought I was going to avoid this one. Um, no. Uh, as well, so here's what's funny about music. Um, trying to think of the best way to answer this. Okay, uh, if you had listened to, so what's funny, you know what's funny about church culture? We make up words. Like, we make up words and rules on rules. We like to do that, just so you know. It's like if you're not a Christian in here, just so you know, one of our issues as Christians is um, we like to make up rules that don't exist. And so um, what we want to do is, is uh, have you ever, um, have you listened to, you heard the word secular before, secular? Secular, they say secular music, you know, and um, nobody in the music world knows what secular means. They call it mainstream or non or Christian, you know, they don't know what that means. But to Christians, we call it secular music. And so I grew up with my mama and my grandmama said, Don't be listening to that secular music. I mean, listen to that devil worship up there, you know, and they'd be talking about you couldn't listen to Metallica or Ozzy Osbourne or, you know, Dr. Dre when I was growing up in the West Coast of the Best Coast. You know, it was like you couldn't do anything. And it was like, if you heard the song, you need to repent. Like anybody, like I grew up in a church where, like, when you were listening to the radio and you you switched off the Christian channel and for some, you heard one lyric of a song, you better go repent in your prayer closet right now. And so we were afraid of music. And so what I find funny now is our culture is kind of more and more accepting of it. And so most of you probably have listened to a secular, quote unquote, non-Christian music uh, this week. How many of y'all listen to secular music this week? Just raise your hand. Come on, just be honest. My wife's on the front row. She's like, I did. <laughs> Shoot, Beyonce, all the single ladies, you know, she's just singing, and uh, you ain't single, babe, you, I put a ring on it, you know what I'm saying, anyway, I haven't answered the question, and we're two minutes into it, can we start it over, can we start the question over again, can we start the timer over again, that's not how it works, okay, all right, uh, all right, so here's the deal, here's what I would say, um, the Bible doesn't address it. And don't tell me it does because it doesn't because Cardi B didn't exist back then. Um, it's the same question I hear from like rated R movies and secular music. And it's all the same question. It's basically like, how do I know far is too far? Like, well, how do I know what it is? You know, can I listen to Cardi B? And if I can't listen to Cardi B, can I listen to Kanye West? And if I can't listen to Kanye, then can I listen to, you know, Taylor Swift? And I can't listen to Taylor. Can I listen to some Garth? You know, like, I just want to listen to Garth Brooks all the time and just be talking about my dog and how I'm sad and my truck. And so, you know, you're just trying to figure out what you can drink, what you can watch. Um, I'll say this. The problem with, with music and with, like, so, number one, there was no, that music didn't exist back then. Two, there were no rating systems back then, the MPAA rating systems. So, how do you know? You know, because, like, I'll mess with people sometimes be like, you don't ever watch no radar movies i'm like well then you better not what about the passion of the christ and they'd be like oh man why do they do that and they write letters to the radio like turn it off from rated r it's only pg-13 i'm like have you watched that movie 
I'm like, that movie's intense. And so um, I think, like, here, here's my thought on it. So it doesn't address it, but it does address. Because, I, look, I get all these kinds of people be talking, like, they shoot me scriptures about, oh, no, you need to be holy. As God is holy. The people who are, like, anti-secular music. And the people who are, like, pro-secular music, they got, like, Metallica stickers all over their truck. They're like, oh, no, but the Bible says God looks at my heart. So he knows my heart. I can listen to whatever I want. So then what's the answer? Here's what the answer is. I think God pre-teaches principles and wisdom more than he teaches anything in the world. And so I think he teaches, like, be careful what you let into your spirit because what you let into your spirit spirit tends to affect what comes out of your spirit and so I've just noticed it like this I always treat music and movies and entertainment like a campfire have you ever been around a campfire because if you've been around a campfire you know you've been around a campfire because I can smell it on you so if you I'm not saying you can't listen to secular music I listen to secular music okay but what I am saying is if you listen to a, too much of it with the wrong message, you can really mess with yourself. And you walk around stinking like a campfire. And I don't know if you can really be a witness if you're over. Did I take almost all five minutes of that one song? I'm so sorry. Can we restart it? I didn't. I took like one minute on the first one, but I kind of got a little silly about Garth Brooks and his truck. So just give me some grace on that. But so did I answer the question? I think yes. So. Yes, you did. You did. No. You answered Sometimes. the question. How about that? All right. Keep yeah. going. Sorry. All right, the next one. Um, <laughs> my mom says that tattoos are evil. What should I do? <laughs> Is I mean, I don't think tattoo tattoos are wrong. Sin? Raise your hand. Don't be and don't be shy about it. Come on, you're like I don't believe in tattoos. We got one, we got two, we got three. Okay, okay. my mom's raising her hand. She's like, that ain't nothing but the devil. Okay, we got a couple over here. All right, so how many of y'all think tattoos ain't no big deal? I got, I got one coming to church this morning. All right, I got Jesus on my chest. Just boom, just Jesus with a cross. Just Jesus, and then just, the, just everything all over. Just, you know, um, here's what I would say about tattoos. Okay, so everybody who's anti-tattoos goes to Leviticus, you know, that verse in Leviticus and say, do not put any ink. You know, again, that's an easy one to explain. It's cultural. It's based on idol worship, and people could get into it. If you really want to get into Leviticus, I'd love to walk through Leviticus with you because there's a lot of stuff in Leviticus that we should be doing that you might not be thinking we should be doing. And it says a lot of stuff about things we shouldn't be doing. And so there's a lot of stuff that you probably think are big, not a big deal. And um, you have f focused and fixated on one thing that really was out of context and out of culture. I will say this. Um, you know, tattoos are, are you got to be careful with them. There's some guidelines that I would give you when you go to get a tattoo. Make sure you know that it's permanent. It's forever. Uh, it's not going to, you know, uh, as things age and as skin does things, it doesn't look weird. Um, uh, I will say this, like if you here's a really cool rule. And I, I wrote it down because I didn't want to miss it. Um, I always told my, my kids. Um, um, I would say. Uh, think about what you want. Wait a year. And then if you still want it, then OK. That kind of a thing. So I always kind of think about that because, like, I always, like, if you get emotional, I wanted to get, no lie, I wanted to get a, like, there was a punk rock band that had a symbol that I thought was so cool when I was 18 years old. And I'm telling you, I think I asked my parents, I'm like, can I go get a tattoo? I want to get that punk rock symbol on my arm. And they were like, no, that ain't nothing but the devil. And so I said, okay. And so I never got it. And I'm th honestly, I'm thankful now that I didn't get it. And so I just think be careful with what you do, what you put on your body. Make sure it's not pagan. Make sure it's not crazy. I will say this about tattoos as well. Be careful because people see tattoos with a, with a, certain filter and so if you have like one with like a skull and a bones on your neck coming out your head and you're like you know it's reaching up from the grave and you're like no you don't understand it's like Christ helping me get out of the grave and, you're, and I'm like yeah but dude it's still on your face right you still have a skull on your face so uh you might not get that job so I'm just saying it might not be a big you know it's not a big deal so sorry I just that was a, something that came out of my Keep going. I want to keep going. I'm just okay. I'm the senior pastor. I can. We can do it. Whatever. Yes, sir. So, All right. Can I be in charge? So, With okay. no time left on the clock. Yeah. We'll just what going. does the Bible have to say about dating? Now we got a lot of questions around this topic, and so oh. this is kind of us like, what does the Bible have to say about, about getting yourself a dating? date? Hey, <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's dating. Uh, what's funny about dating? Anybody want to know what the Bible has to say about dating? Raise your hand. Anybody else want to know? Okay, good. Got some people in here want to know about dating. Here's what the Bible has to say about dating. Y'all ready? Nothing. Don't don't get it twisted. Don't let Grandma tell you, and don't let the pastor tell you. They nothing about dating. You want to know why? Because dating didn't exist back then. They don't even know what you're talking about right now. Like if you go back to somebody and talk to Paul, like Paul, how should I date? my spot like like how should I date this girl she's fun 
that guy is gorgeous. And how can I stay, you know, you know, like, how can I stay pure in my dating relationship? You know, because I want to be pure and I want to be dating. Like, and I want to like, you know, we want to, we're not even really dating, honestly. We're like hanging right now. Like we're friends. We're like friend dating. Like we're hanging. Like, you know, it's like, they would look at you and go like, well, what does that mean? Why haven't, why haven't your parents arranged for the person that you're supposed to arrange marriages was a thing, which I got to be honest with you, Tabby. I got five young boys. And I, I'm not sure that they know. They can't even pick their food, let alone pick a person they're going to date. And so I, I, I got to be honest. I think we should bring arranged marriages back. Anybody else want to bring arranged back? Anybody? It's like all the parents, all the teenagers are like, boo! Get that guy off the platform. Um, so it doesn't say anything about dating. I will say a few things about dating. Number one, um, I, I think the Bible speaks more about like wisdom. There is no perfect person, so get that out of your head. Um, there's yeah. not. There's not. There's not. There's not. There's not. If you're married in here, you know. Yeah, sometimes we'll have that thought go through our head. Like, I wonder if I missed the one. No, you didn't. You married the one. She, she's right there. No, you, he, you married the one. He's right. There. That's the one that God had for you. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Your attraction always follows your 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 heart so your heart is that's the one that's the one that's the one that's the one she's the one he's the one so um but i would say just use wisdom i i like the four c's that i teach on a regular basis i teach uh character they need to be high character bible teaches about having high character um you need to have uh christ in your life i gotta be honest with you maybe no more of a more important thing but you should probably date some if you're a christian Look, if you're not a Christian, then I guess this doesn't apply to you. But if you're if you are a Christian, you should probably find someone who is a Christian. Here's why: it'll make your life complicated if it isn't. And so I'm not saying like, look, look. Let's be honest. Like I'm not saying that isn't those miracle stories. My my family's a miracle story. My dad wasn't a Christian. My parents got married. And so like my dad's a miracle. I'm a I'm here because of a miracle story that doesn't give you license to go missionary date. You're like, I'm going to the mission field. I'm finding the guy at the bar, and he's going to get converted because he's fine. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, I talk to people like that all the time, and I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not saying it can happen. I'm just saying that's you're going to have a different road. And so um, it's just a little different. I say commonality as well. I think having common values, common likes, common interests, like you like to do the same thing. It's probably not good to marry or date someone that doesn't like to be outside. If you like to be outside, if you want to marry someone who loves video games and you hate video games, you might cause some friction. So heads up. And the last thing I would say is this cuteness. Like you should probably have some like cute cuteness factor. You should be attracted to the person somewhat-ish. Yeah, somewhat-ish. Um, I will say this. Can I answer one more question that you didn't ask? I, I, I have more, but sure. Ask the yoga question. Okay. I like the yoga You guys want to hear the yoga question? <laughs> and then I'll be done, and then I'll move on. Is it, is it okay for me, a Christian, to practice yoga? I like the question because it starts with, is it okay for me? Let me highlight this for a minute. A Christian. <laughs> Someone who loves God. Someone who doesn't believe in that stuff. But I kind of like to stretch. So is that okay? <laughs> you know? <laughs> And so um, I always tell people, like, um, so first of all, yoga didn't invent stretching. Like, that's, they don't get the, they, I, I always find it funny how, like, culture and things in the world will try to take, like, what God created and, like, try to put their stamp on it. Like, right. we did that. That's our yeah. thing. That ain't their thing. Like, you know, the world didn't create music. You know, God created music. You know, girl, the world, this is the, why I always tell people about sex. Like, it just, if you're a kid in here, earmuff it for a minute. Like, just so you know, like, like, sex is not an ugly thing. It was not created by Hollywood and entertainment and the porn industry. Sex was created by God. It's a yeah. beautiful thing that Satan came in and perverted. So, 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 so just like, I don't give Satan things. Like, I just like, like people like be like, well, that ain't nothing but the devil. No, he don't get music. He don't get, you know. He don't get yoga, okay? So, like, here, here's the at the end of the day. Now, 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 the history of it and, and all that stuff might not be jiving with what Christian values are, but I will say this. So, anytime God, anytime in life, this is just a good principle and a good rule of thumb. Anytime the world presents you with something, you have three options with it, okay? Three options. Number one, you can receive it, which means you can just say, hey, that, the what the world presented with me is great. You know what? That I put that in the category of, uh, you know, Red Robin steak fries. The world created that. I accept it, receive it fully in my heart and in my belly. That's wonderful. God bless you, Red Robin. Yum. Okay, so um, I receive it. Some things in the world will present to you that, that you need to reject. So some things in the world, there's some places and some parts of the world that, you know, and some parts of our culture be like, you know, uh, cheating on your spouse is okay. It's not that big of a deal. I reject that because that's not of God. So I reject that. I receive things. I reject that. That's not of God. That's demonic. Third thing that you can do, though, that people forget about this a lot, is you can receive, reject, or redeem. 
you can actually redeem something. You can redeem what was meant for actually something completely different and actually turn around for my good. So what I always tell people is like, man, yoga is a great thing to redeem. I think stretching is great. Breathing exercises are great. Being healthy is great. I don't, you know, you don't need to do all, you don't need to be in like uh, a trance state and, and empty your mind with Eastern religion and Eastern thinking. In fact, meditation, godly stance, is actually putting things in your mind, godly things in your mind, replacing lies with truth. Yeah, and so yeah. doing that kind of stuff, look, I'll tell you this, like I, it, you could look at my internal practice, like what I do personally every day when I wake up, I stretch, I breathe. I take a moment, I meditate, I like, but I do it to worship and I recite for Bible verses over my life. What am I doing? All I'm doing is I'm doing some form of yoga considered with people and I'm just redeeming it. So let's not be so dogmatic and so religious because at the end of the day, I could probably go into your life and say that was created. You don't know where that came from. Ergo, some of the religious holidays that we celebrate. You don't know where pagan things started that and you would be like, oh. <gasps> And you would never do anything. So just be careful before you start standing on your principles about things when you, you, you probably don't realize how many things you violate of your own. Yeah, that's good. Just a thought. So, um, but I think, um, but I will say this as well. Um, be mindful of weird environments. Yeah. And be mindful of weird people. Because they're all affecting your, your life. So right. that would be my thought on that. Right. So is that okay? I think that was great. All right. That Pastor, was our second edition of the Hot, hot seat. seat. And... Um, I went way longer on this one, but I get off on tangents sometimes. Sometimes things are good. And then the second service, I kind of start saying things. And, you know, I, I don't think we ever post the second service online. They're like, well, Pastor, I don't know what that was, but we'll just let it go. So it'll be all good. All right. We're almost done. I promise you guys will, you guys will make it to Denny's right now. So just give me a minute. Uh, we are almost done. Uh, three things. That we, so we talked about what three things, three, three um, things forgiveness isn't. I want to give you three things that forgiveness is, um, uh, because I think if we can kind of get that wrapped around our minds, we, it'll, it'll help us. Uh, first thing is forgiveness is it's for you and it's not for them. I think sometimes when we get offended, we get in these situations, we think, man, I need to forgive them because they're, they're, they need this. And I know they're in some, like, they're really going through it. And then you like, will ask, you'll like tell them, you ever done this like me? Like you go to me like, hey, look, I forgive you. I know you've been thinking about it. And they're like, What? I never even, I didn't even know there was a problem. And you're like, it made you more mad. And you're like, I take it back. You know, you're like, I don't know, if, no longer forgiveness. You know, you're done. Uh, but you, you thought, you, why? Because you thought forgiveness was for you or for them. You, you, you thought it was freeing them. Actually, forgiveness frees you. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 talks about that we need to, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we also laid aside every weight. That, that, that the biblical um, way of life is removing weights out of your life. And, and bitterness, the more you hold on to bitterness, which is the opposite of forgiveness. So if you don't forgive someone, you tend to bitter, you become bitter with it. And when you put bitterness in your life, it's like adding weight. Anybody ever seen a weight vest? Somebody run in with like a weight vest or training with a weight vest? The weight vest uh, that, that you could put little pellets of weight so you, you can slowly over time add more weight to your vest. The problem with uh, like bitterness is that it's just like that in your life and in your soul. If the more bitterness you hold on to, the more weights you put in your life. And I've just noticed this, that like people who train for cross-country running they might train with weights but they don't run their race with weights they they lay aside come on they lay aside every weight romans chapter 12 so that they can run with endurance the races set before us and life is an endurance race in fact i would go on to say that it's a it's, it's a uh it's a relay race that you're supposed to run as fast and as hard as you can as well as you can to hand off to the next generation, to the people that are coming up behind you. And you need to get out the way sometimes. And, and, and you can't do that if you, you're holding on to the bitterness of life. And I've talked to people where they talk about, they say, like, man, life just feels heavy. Does that feel like, is that you right now? could be that there's some bitterness that you've reserved in your mind and you thought, I can't forgive them. And, and so, you know, one of the ways you can determine that is if uh, you determine, like, like if you, you, you can't sleep at night. You, know, you, you keep thinking about them. And, anybody ever have imaginary conversations with somebody after they hurt you? And you're like, if I could go back, I would tell them this, and I would tell them this scripture, and I would tell them, oh, I got a whole bunch of stuff now. You're just not good in the moment, right? Anybody do that but, but other than me? And so you, if you're not careful, you'll just have imaginary conversations over and over and over and over again. Why? Because you, you still have bitterness inside of you. Um, or you maybe you dread seeing them. Or you, 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 you're like, um, you, you get thrown off when you do see them in like a store or something. Has anybody ever been mad at someone and then you saw them at like H-E-B at the end of the grocery store a lot? And you're like, 
and it shocked you a little bit, and you didn't realize that you still had bitterness in you, but you got, got you mad, right? And then they locked eyes with you, and you locked eyes with them, and you had that awkward moment where you wave or you turn around and walk away. <laughs> Anybody else other than me? Some of y'all are like, no, I just walk away. Forget that person, you know? <laughs> I hate you. You know, you walk off. <laughs> But I'm saying, like, some people struggle with that. Like, you, you could be struggling with, with bitterness because, you, you know, or, or, you know, the worst maybe is you wish them harm. You have anger fantasies about them. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you dream angrily about them and them getting hurt, and you say stuff like, God bless them with a brick, right? You know, like, I don't know if God will answer that prayer, but, you know, it's like you start saying things that are ugly about them. Like, man, you, you, you could really be struggling with bitterness. And honestly, psychologists have shown that most people, most patients that struggle with depression have some type of root, deep-rooted, like, unforgiveness and bitterness in their heart. Why? Because it's when you, when, you, when you release someone, you release, really, you're releasing you. I like what Luke chapter 6 says. It says, um, bless those who curse for you and pray for those who abuse you. Now, why would it say that if, if, if you thought and you're like, well, maybe that's a godly practice. It wasn't a godly practice. It was a godly protection. And the reason they told you to do that is because you have to do that for yourself. Because if you don't free yourself, you get caught up in prisons that you create all the time. And you got to be careful. Um, number two is this, it's forsaking revenge. So it's not, it's not, it's like, it's like you're letting go of the get back moment, right? Uh, the get back moment. Mosaic law always taught the eye for an eye. That's what everybody quotes from the Bible. People who never read the Bible, have never been in the Bible, they'll quote that part of the Bible. And I'm like, do you even know what that is? They're like, no, but it's in there. And so, and I'm like, you don't even use it the right way because what that was, was, was always used judicially. And the reason they did that is like, let's say, um, and this is just food for thought. They would say stuff like you need to have, they, they established the law, an eye for an eye for a, company, for a country and for a people who did not have laws. So what happened was, is if you let the law, the jungle roll, like if it's me and you and I have a farm and you're next to me in my farm and you come steal my crops, I come steal your farm, your farm animals. If you steal my, and then because I stole your farm animals, you come try to burn down my house. And because you came and try to burn down my house, I go burn down your village. You see what I'm saying? It escalates violence. Human nature is always escalating in violence. And so eye for an eye was actually protection from God saying, if they stole crops from you, just you get to take some of their crops. It wasn't that you, it was designed to de-escalate violence. Okay. It wasn't designed to use like, well, if he did that to me, now I'm going to do it back to him and get some. That's not the way it was. Then Jesus comes and ruins it all for us. Then he comes and he says, well, no, like, you got to understand, I fulfilled that law you're talking about. And now I run the ship. I'm the captain now, right? Kind of like, I'm, I'm running this thing. If you follow me, you don't meet offense with offense. You meet offense with love now. And so you, you have to let go of revenge in order for that to happen. I like what Romans chapter 12 says. This is so, it's so good. He says, dear friends, never take revenge. And so that part of the Bible I scribble out too. And so I'm like, I don't like that, God. I don't like that at all. And Paul's going, no, no, no. Here's why. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Say What he says, he goes, it's not that they won't get justice. For all you justice people out there, you're like, no, no. Something happened. We're going to make it right. And by we, I mean me. And so it's not that justice won't happen. It's just that justice will come from God. And then it'll be righteous. So, so I get it. In that moment, you need to take a courageous step and not try to get revenge. The last one is this, and I'm done. It's a process. It's a process. It's not an event. Um, I, I know that most of us would love um, for us to pray a prayer to God and for it to be microwaved and ready to go. Or, or you would, like, we order Amazon Prime. Anything order from, anybody order anything from Amazon today, this week? Come on, y'all lying. Y'all know, y'all, y'all, yeah, okay. <laughs> Like today, this morning, on the way to church. Um, I, wish I, I wish God worked that way. And some of the pains that you have as a pastor, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But I know uh, God didn't want that for you. And I know you, you struggle, and I'm not minimizing your pain. I'm, as a pastor, I'm so sorry. I'm heartbroken for you. But you need to take a step today. And forgiveness for a lot of us, I noticed, have you noticed the deeper the pain, the harder it is to forgive? I noticed that the deeper the pain, the longer it takes to forgive. And that doesn't mean that you can't forgive someone. It just means that you have to wake up every day and forgive them again. 
And that's maybe the hardest part. Because I would love to ask God to just help me forgive someone and then it would show up on my doorstep two days later. Prime. But it just doesn't work like that. Some of the deeper issues and the deeper hurts take longer to, to heal. I wish, I wish God worked like that. But he doesn't. Often he works with the process. Often he's there day by day. The Bible says, mercies are new every day. And we can wake up and we can let it go. Like um, Philippians, Paul writes, he says in verse 13, or verse 12, the kind of the back half of verse 12, he says, he's talking, he's like, I love you. And he started writing to the church. You've been doing great since I've been gone. He says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And, you know, we can misread that as we need to work for our salvation. We don't need to work. God worked for our salvation. He did it. We got salvation because of what he did. But, but, but there is a working out of our salvation. There's a, a renewing. There's a sanctification daily that we get up and we go, I choose to, to follow you today. And I choose to forgive. I choose to do it. I don't feel like it. I don't want it. I don't like it. I don't, it doesn't feel right. But I choose this today. And I'm working out my salvation because, because I'm working out what you did for me. I'm working it out in my soul. And I, I got to just fight for it a little bit today. And it, it might be a process that takes a while. Um, and my prayer is that you would endure in the process. One of my pastors told me one time, he said, one of the holiest things you can do in your life is endure. And you're going to, might have to endure a pain or a, an offense. Um, and the holy way to endure is to forgive. I'm a, uh, it always reminds me of a story of uh, Leonardo da Vinci when he was writing a, uh, he was painting the Last Supper. And I wanted to read a story to you. I thought it would be just an interesting way to articulate it. And it says, at the time that Leonardo da Vinci painted The Last Supper, he had an enemy who was a fellow painter. Da Vinci had a bitter argument with this man and despised him. And when Da Vinci painted the face of Judas Iscariot at the table of Jesus, he used the face of his enemy so that it would present for the ages um, as the man who betrayed Jesus. Now, how many of y'all know, like, that's jacked up? Like, that's putting somebody on blast. That's worse than social media right now, right? Like, that's just like, let me just put you on. I'm going to lay you out. He said he took delight. Isn't that interesting how we take delight in our bitterness? It winds up, it's like a poison. We take delight in drinking it. While painting this picture and knowing that others would actually notice the face of his enemy on Judas. As he worked out the other faces of the disciples, he often tried to paint the face of Jesus, but he couldn't make any progress. Da Vinci felt frustrated and confused, and in time he realized what was wrong. His hatred for the other painter was holding him back from finishing the face of Jesus. Only after making peace with the painter and repainting the face of Judas was he able to paint the face of Jesus and complete his masterpiece. And I wonder, sometimes I hear people say, I don't feel close to God. I don't know what God looks like. I don't know what God feels like. I can't see his face. I wonder if it's the bitterness that you're holding in your heart for something that happened a long time ago. And, and, and like I said, I'm sorry that it happened to you. And I feel, I, I feel pain for you. But I promise you, the best days and the best ways of living this life is on the other side of forgiveness and not being bitter and not being caught in that trap where you can walk around you ever met someone who looked dark? Like their soul, you saw it in their eyes. They, they just looked dark. There was a shadow over them because they were so wrapped up in an offense and a bitterness. And I wonder if God's light comes through forgiveness. And maybe the best way you can see Jesus today is to forgive. Let's pray. Father, I love you, God. I thank you that today, Lord, as we learn to forgive you, or as not, sorry, as we learn to forgive others, we, we do because you forgave us. Um, Thank you that you teach us to forgive, even when we haven't been asked, even when we, we don't feel it, even when we, we know it might take a process. Thank you for that.